morning. We greet you in the name of Jesus as we consider his triumphant entry into Jerusalem today. Um, we're going to read from Matthew 21 through the first 17 verses. So, Matthew 21. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage, under the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of him, them, and straightway he will send them. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and the colt of a fool an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put, them, put on them their clothes. And they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into the Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth, of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seat of them that sold doves. And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came unto him in the temple. And he healed them. And when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. And they said unto him, Hearest thou what they say, these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, Thou shalt... Thou hast perfect praise. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany and lodged there. I don't have a whole lot of thoughts, but just the one thing that I did think about is they were singing, praising him, saying, Hosanna in the highest and Hosanna unto David, the son of David. Hosanna, by definition, is save now or save us, we pray. So they were calling on Christ to save them which rightfully so, he, was our, he is our savior, but they were calling on him to save him from the political um, oppression that they were feeling from Rome at that time. So they kind of missed the whole point of what Christ had came for. He came to save them from their sins and give them eternal life. And I think we just need to make sure we're not like the children of Israel at that time and that we realize that he is, here to save us from our sins and not just from our struggles that we have here in this life. So I just encourage y'all to realize that. Um, Jonathan, I'm going to call on you for prayer. So I want to take prayer requests, if there is any. So for Jenny's stepmom, she's having bypass surgery. A little prayer report. Kurt's dad's, Kurt's dad's doing better. So lift up Linda Frick in prayer. 
Any others? All right, Jonathan, would you want to pray? Thing number 389.
Welcome to Palm Sunday Worship. Mm. Someone is speaking. And we trust that he will this morning. Open your Bibles to the prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 62. Christian people today call this Palm Sunday. I'd like to retitle it this morning. The title of the message is Lamb Selection Day. A very important day, uh, not only in history, but also in prophecy. Lamb Selection Day, Isaiah chapter 62, verses 11 and 12. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world... Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And thou shalt be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. Find Zechariah. Chapter 9, Zechariah is towards the end of the Old Testament, just ahead of Malachi. Zechariah chapter 9, I just want one verse, but I'd like for you to turn there and see it. Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. These messianic prophecies point to the day when Jesus would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey and that he would bring him, these verses says, He would bring with Him salvation. We know that He is salvation. And that He would bring salvation not only into that city that day, but that He would bring salvation to the people of that day, past, present, and future. And we find salvation only in His name today. And so we not only say, Hosanna, This morning we say hallelujah. Jesus has come. And He has brought salvation to whosoever will. You can flip back to Matthew 21 where Brother Andrew read. This gives us the account. In detail, we find it also in the 12th chapter of John, where Jesus rides into the town on a donkey. It says here in verse 8 that there was a very great multitude. And I know you already know this, but this was Passover time. And the city was literally humming. Bible history tells us that there was thousands and thousands of people I don't know what that number is. Some even say millions. But Bible history says thousands and thousands of people came to Jerusalem for Passover week. It was a great time in the life of a Jew. Annually, at least the men would come to Jerusalem to offer sacrifice during Passover week. And it says here, a very great multitude. Verse 9, they were shouting, Hosanna. I think Andrew said it well. Hosanna, uh, there is a hint of praise as he rides into that city. And we today do praise him. And so we lay down our palms this morning. Palms was often used for praise symbol. But like Andrew said, in that day was not really that way. As as we Christians, we look at it through a different lens today. 
The word Hosanna in Hebrew, like he said, means to save us and save us now. It was a demanding phrase to God. Yes, a hint of praise because they had their trust in Him to save them. But they was wanting Him to save them politically and they were wanting him, them uh, to be saved uh, from a physical standpoint, from a militant standpoint. They were using that, um, I think it's Ray Vanderlaan that, that says they were using the palm like uh, nations today would use a, a flag, a sign of victory, because we conquer. And they were wanting God to save us and save us now. This man was coming into Jerusalem. He was bringing salvation. But this was an eternal salvation. Not that of uh, politics or military. He came as not as a king, a militant king, but as a meek and lowly lamb. Isaiah chapter 53 You could probably quote these verses, this passage. I'm going to turn there and read it. But he was wounded, Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned, every one of us, to his own way. And the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. Remember that phrase today. A lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Jesus came riding into town on lamb selection day as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 10, this sacrifice, the Bible says, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. You see, this was not only a physical sacrifice. The sacrifice of the body of Jesus pleased the Lord, but the, the very soul of Jesus was sacrificed for your sins and for mine. Ye shall, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. The Bible says he came for the sins of the whole world. For my sins and not my sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. So this was Passover. This is the big picture of God. How God deals with sin. 69 times in the Old Testament, 31 times in the New Testament, we find this word, lamb. The Old Testament references usually are pointing to the sacrificial lambs that took place at Passover, or some reference thereof. The references in the New Testament typically are pointing to the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. In some ways, it's, it's all one big picture. It's how God deals with our sin, through sacrifice, through blood. And it's a beautiful picture. I find it maybe ironic and yet it's so much deeper than that as we look at prophecy and all of the messianic prophecies pointing to this day you see when the Jewish calendar and Jewish history tells us that the very day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem was lamb selection day it was the beginning of Passover it was the time when every household would select a lamb a perfect lamb, without spot, without blemish. And they would select a lamb for their household. 
They would go through a four-day or so time of inspection where they would inspect that lamb and care for that lamb and make sure that that lamb was perfect. And then four days later, that lamb would be crucified, the blood would be applied, the lamb would be eaten. This was the month of Nisan. The Bible says it's the first month of the year. And on the tenth day would be Lamb Selection Day. And on the fourteenth day of Nisan, the Lamb would be crucified. Now, that comes up a little different every year compared to our calendar today. And I looked it up this week. Passover actually begins tomorrow. Uh, the 10th the tenth day, well, I should say the 10th day of Nisan is actually tomorrow, not today, as it falls this year. Passover actually begins this year Friday evening rather than Thursday evening. It's kind of one day off of our calendar as it falls this year. But it is so ironic, spiritually ironic, if that's a phrase, that on the year, the particular year that Jesus rode into Jerusalem, it fell on the same day. Isn't that ironic? That on Lamb Selection Day, the very Lamb of God comes riding into Jerusalem to begin Passover week. It was a great time in Jerusalem. And again, history tells us, and and this account in Matthew is so beautiful because it begins, I don't know really where Palm Sunday begins. Actually, he comes out of Jericho, and there he heals the blind men. Uh, He comes up over the summit of Mount Olives, and and he hesitates there at Bethany, and he begins to weep over the city. Now, get the picture, he's setting up higher than Jerusalem. Today, Mount Jerusalem actually blankets four mountains or large hills. Up to the north is Mount Acre. Down to the southwest is Mount Zion. In the center is the great mountain of Moriah. And then across the valley to the east is this great mountain, Olivet. And Mount Olives is about 300 feet above Mount Moriah. And so here's Jesus setting up there overlooking Jerusalem, he begins to weep. And the word weep you look up the word weep and it means to deeply sob. Jesus comes on down that slope of Olivet. He crosses Kidron and he rides into that eastern gate on Lamb Selection Day. Bible history tells us it's the same exact gate that those little lambs were driven through on Lamb Selection Day. That very day. I read an article that was an excerpt out of the Jewish Mishnah, which would be their, their history book or their law book or their book of tradition. Not the Torah, but Mishnah. And, and history says that that particular year they documented, and I, I can't validate this, I don't know Hebrew, I just read this article where history says that particular year on Passover, four days after Lamb Selection Day, the priest concluded the sacrifices at 3 o'clock, in the afternoon. And I say, wow. It's no wonder that John the baptizer said when Jesus come up over the knoll and headed towards him, behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus. 
chapter 12. First, we can read in Genesis chapter 22, verse 8, you can remember the account where Abraham takes his only son up, up to Mount, and many believe that was Mount Moriah, the same mountain. And there he attempts to sacrifice his only son, and you know the account there. God stays the hand of Abraham and spares his son and there's a, a lamb or a ram in the thicket. And that ram is offered as a sacrifice, a substitutional sacrifice. Genesis chapter 22, verse 8. And God, Abraham says, or I'm sorry, Isaac actually says that God will provide a sacrifice. And there Abraham sets up a memorial there on that mountain and he calls it Gerald uh, uh, Jireh. How, how is that? Jehovah Jireh. And that simply means God will provide. And now we come to Exodus, the very first Passover, Exodus chapter 12. I love this passage. I'm, I'm not suggesting that we, the people of God today, keep the Passover necessarily, but I do think there is so much deep meaning and richness that we can learn from this because it points to the very Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who is that fulfilled Messiah. Exodus chapter 12, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month, shall be unto you the beginning of months. So that's the first month of the year to you. Verse 3, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. So this is saying the very first month, which is Nisan, on the tenth day, you will select a lamb. Every household will select a lamb. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. So you're getting the, the tenth day of, of Nisan as Lamb Selection Day, the fourteenth day. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side post and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast it with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. And I don't know uh, really where to hardly stop here. Verse 11 says that they are to eat it with their shoes on. They are to eat it ready to go. And there is so many applications to this passage. Verse 13 says, When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Young children, that's the meaning of Passover. God provided a sacrifice. He gave specific instructions on how to collect these lambs without spot, without blemish. Perfect lamb as a sacrifice for every household. And on that night, they would kill that lamb. They would put the blood on their doorpost. And when the angel of death... Remember, this is the tenth plague in Egypt. And, it, and the plague was that every 
young male child would be put to death. But when they applied the blood, the angel of death would pass over that household. Verse 14 says, This day shall be unto you a memorial. And it goes on for generations and generations. And so 1,500 years later, in Jerusalem, the Jewish people are still keeping the Passover right down to the jot and tittle of these instructions. And Jesus kept the Passover, we know. And on this day, He came riding into town on that tenth day of Nisan as on Lamb Selection Day as the very Lamb of God. There's so much we can draw from this. Verse 3 says, as we consider Lamb Selection Day, that you are to select a lamb. I've circled in my Bible, a lamb. Because, and I did that years ago. I think someone called my attention to it. A lamb. Because this tells me that our lamb, that there is only one lamb. The Bible says there's only one name under heaven whereby men can be saved. There is only one way to heaven. Jesus is that way. The truth and the life. On this day, they were to select a lamb. One lamb for the household. They didn't gather up several lambs and this one is just as good as this one. They selected one lamb, a lamb, for their household. Today, Lamb Selection Day 2022, that's my plea to every individual here, every household, you are to select a lamb. And there is only one lamb. Verse 4. The last phrase says, speaking of eating, that you shall make your count for the lamb. This I circled also because this tells me that it is a specific lamb for a specific purpose. Jesus Christ is the one lamb, but He is also the lamb. And on Lamb Selection Day 2022, my plea is to every individual here and every household here and everyone that may be listening today or everyone that may be listening five years from now, my plea is that we not only select a lamb, but we select the lamb. A particular lamb. A precise lamb. The lamb of Jesus. He came for a specific purpose. We read in Isaiah 62 to bring salvation. And he rode into that town 1,500 years after this account in Exodus to bring salvation. We know that this lamb, this particular lamb, came not only to ride into town on a donkey, he brought a message that week that is the most powerful message that's ever been preached since. You read your Bibles this week. It covers about 25 chapters in the New Testament. It is a message of warning. It is a message of judgment. But it is also a message of hope and salvation. As this man, this lamb, is crucified on the cross. But He didn't stay there. Dear ones, He rose again on the third day. And He brought hope. And He brought salvation to whosoever will. And those 25 chapters, if you will just engulf yourself this week and study out those chapters throughout the Gospels, uh, it's the greatest message 
It is a particular message, a precise message that this Lamb of God brought into town on Lamb Selection Day. Verse 5, the first phrase, I circled your Lamb. A Lamb, the Lamb, but maybe most importantly, your Lamb. My plea to every individual under the sound of my voice this morning and every household here in 2022 is that you would select your lamb. What if they selected a lamb? What if they selected the lamb? But what if they did not select their lamb? and apply it to their very own doorpost. My plea is that everyone here, and we're going, if time allows, we're going to go on. This Lamb lives on. The message of the Lamb, thank God, did not stop in Exodus chapter 12. And we will find out that in the end of all ages, if you do not select your Lamb, Today, you're going to be on the wrong side of judgment. I'm not saying that to put... Yes, I am. I'm saying that to put fear, godly fear in your heart. It is so critical that if you have not chosen your lamb today, we are kidding ourselves in the world that we live in today that we bypass this lamb. Sometimes we find ourselves just like the mob in Jerusalem. Hosanna, Hosanna. We lay down the palms. But really, we do not select my lamb. Please, select a lamb. Please, select the lamb. Pretty, pretty, please select your lamb. It is Lamb Selection Day. Today is the day. Harden not your hearts as they did in the day of provocation way back then. Select your lamb. This this passage, this sacrifice not only tells us that the blood of the sacrifice was covered covered their doorpost and gave them a covering so that the angel of death would pass over them. But if you read on here, verses 6 through 12, they ate that lamb, and it says that they ate all of it. They were to eat all of it. And if they would select a lamb that was more than what their family would eat, they were to share it with their neighbor because all of that lamb was supposed to have been eaten. I don't know what all to get out of that. I know there is at least this spiritual application that we need to partake of Him. We need to eat on Him. We need to feast on the merits of Jesus. And when we do, it's filling. And we're to eat all of Him. There's also an application that we are to share Him. He is to be shared with others. But one application I get out of the meat, so I not only focus on the blood of the sacrifice that is so critical, but also the meat. The meat gave them uh, energy, protein, whatever, so that they could walk out of Egypt. And they walked all the way to Sinai. This sacrifice not only provided salvation uh, from their particular bondage in Egypt, but it also fortified them to walk out of Egypt. And I wonder about us this morning. I don't know just where, where you are in your life. I don't know what it is that brings you down, down, down. I don't know what it is that binds you. 
what your bondage is. If there's anyone listening this morning, you young people that may be dealing with drugs or alcohol, I have no idea, but that's a bondage. Select your lamb today. He not only forgives you of your sin through His blood, but He will give you that meat of that sacrifice that will fortify you to walk out of Egypt and get out of your bondage. Any addiction. Some of us older ones deal with, what about too much phone time? I'm... I don't know, just what comes to my mind. Anything that gives you bondage. Ask yourself, what is it that brings you down? Maybe it's just negativity towards others. And negativity breeds negativity. And that's a form of bondage. Ever how righteous you may think you are, if you're taking other people down with you, that's a form of bondage. Cover the blood of the sacrifice over you. Eat the meat of Jesus. And it will fortify you to get out of bondage. There is so much to this sacrifice. Well, it's critical that you select a lamb, the lamb. Very important you select your lamb. Christ is that lamb to be selected. Number one, He is the Passover lamb. Turn your Bibles to to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. So sometimes, I'm not sure how to say this, sometimes we say that the Old Testament points to the New. Or that we may say in this case that this Passover points to Jesus. And I think that's a true statement. And I don't know what words to use, but I think it's really deeper than that. I think this verse points this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. The, the old Passover and the old sacrifice is not just pointing to Jesus, but it is Jesus. And I don't really know how, how to say it other than that. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven. Now what I didn't mention in Exodus chapter 12 is the week leading up. So they would select their lamb on lamb selection day. They would go through an inspection process. And during that time period, they would be cleaning their houses of leaven, which represents sin. And so they would really be clean, even today. So the Jewish people today does not keep the sacrifice ever since... I think A.D. 70 when the temple was destroyed and the sacrifices went with it. But the Jewish people today do keep the Passover and they keep a Seder meal. And even today they go through this ritual of cleaning out the leaven out of their house. And there's more that could be said. But it says here, verse 7, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, and listen, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Christ is our Passover. Christ is the Passover Lamb of God. Number two, He is the precise Lamb. And we already covered that. Exodus chapter 12, verses 3, 4, and 5. Choose you your Lamb today. Number three, He is the perfect Lamb. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews 
the book of Hebrews chapter 9, there's, a, there's several verses we could go to here, but Christ is that perfect Lamb. He is the Passover Lamb, He is the precise Lamb, and He is the perfect Lamb. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11, but Christ being come an high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And there's that phrase again, Christ did not come as that sacrificial lamb that would need to be sacrificed annually or sacrificed time and time again. But Jesus Christ came as the perfect Lamb of God that He would offer one-time one sacrifice to offer eternal redemption for us. Verse 12, For if the blood of bulls and goats, and that of ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Christ offered Himself without spot. He is not only the Passover Lamb. He is not only the precise Lamb. But Jesus Christ, the very Lamb of God, is that perfect Lamb. And that is so critical when it comes to satisfying the very wrath of God. Those little lambs I've read in biblical history, they could not have a spot. They could not have a blemish. They could not have had any broken bones that would cause them to walk with a limp. Jesus Christ is that perfect Lamb. Even Pilate could not find any fault with him and he washed his hands. Jesus Christ is the very perfect Lamb of God. And He is the precious Lamb. Turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 21. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things... 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by the tradition of your fathers, verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish, and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Jesus Christ is that perfect lamb, and he is that precious lamb. Our salvation is based on the precious blood of Jesus that was offered on that cross that day, that 14th day of Nisan. And lastly, He is the Lamb of Prophecy. And actually, I'd like to spend about an hour with this one. The prophecy concerning the Lamb of God, I don't know where it started. The Bible says that he, he was offered, He was slain before the foundation of the world. Whatever that means in our little minds. He was slain before the foundation of the world. We find the theme of the Lamb prophesied all the way through the Old Testament. Many of those prophecies have come to pass, just like the ones that we have read this morning as Jesus rode into town that day. On Lamb Selection Day, 
Many of those prophecies were filled that very day and that very hour. And as He was sacrificed on the cross as the perfect Lamb of God, many of those prophecies were fulfilled on that, that, that very day. But the theme of the Lamb goes on. The Lamb of God is still alive. He rose again on the third day, and the, and the Lamb did not stop. The prophecies of the Lamb goes on. We don't have time to cover them all. Revelation chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. We just have to cut in in the middle of this concert in heaven, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such are in the sea, and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing, honor, glory, power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. The Lamb of God lives on. Twenty-eight more times you will find the word Lamb, at least in King James Version. Twenty-eight more times you'll find the word Lamb in the very book of Revelation alone. This is a prophecy Lamb. Zechariah tells us, well, first of all, again, not only were the sacrificial lambs driven through that eastern gate in Jerusalem, but there on Lamb Selection Day, Jesus rode into that very gate as the very Lamb of God. And the Bible tells us that in uh, Zechariah chapter 14, 4, that there is coming a day on that very mountain that Jesus was overlooking Jerusalem on Mount Olivet and He sat there and He wept over the city. I don't know what all His tears were about, but the Bible says in Zechariah that there is coming a day when Jesus Christ will come again. Now this is after my interpretation. This is after the battle of Armageddon when everything is upside down and wrong as wrong can be, and Jesus Christ is going to come again as a King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Bible says there in Zechariah that His feet will touch the Mount of Olivet and that that mountain will literally split in half. That's the very mountain that Jesus is on this day, weeping over the city on Lamb Selection Day. This mountain, the Bible says, will split in half. Half of it will fall to the south. Half of it will fall to the north. And this king of kings will march across the Kidron Valley, and he will march right into that same eastern gate. And he will make all things right. On that day that he went into the city, the Bible tells us that he cleansed the temple. Remember that? He went in, he was very disappointed how they were using the temple. Well, on this day that is coming, that king will march through that valley, in through the eastern gate, into the temple, and he will make all things right. This is a prophecy lamb, and he is coming again. And even after that time, the word and the theme lamb lives on through prophecy. Bible tells us that we, the people of God, will sit around a fine dining table. And it's called in Scripture the marriage supper of the... Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that He will establish His kingdom, a peaceful kingdom for a thousand years. 
And we, the people of God, it says in Scripture, we are called the bride, comma, the wife of the Lamb. There's so much more that could be said. To mention a few, he is called in Revelation 21 and 22, just the last couple of chapters in Revelation, this lamb is called the wall of the great city. This lamb is called the temple of the city. This lamb is called the light of the city. This lamb is called the book of life, the lamb's book of life. This lamb is the river of life. And the river flows out of God and of the Lamb. So today, the day we read about here in Matthew 21 is just the beginning of the Lamb of God. He came on that day to offer a sacrifice for our sins as the perfect sacrificial Lamb. But this lamb lives on because this lamb is alive. Again, it's no wonder that the gospel, the, uh, John the baptizer introduced him as the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Today we celebrate the significance of Lamb Selection Day. And if you want to be part of the bride of Christ, the bride, the wife of that lamb, choose you today. Choose a lamb. Choose the lamb. Choose your lamb. Can we stand in prayer, please?